0: It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome for another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. or Faith Talk uh, 1360com um, Please go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org, where you can hear all the shows on podcasts once they air. And uh, as this is a, a listener supported show as well, and anyone that's inclined to do that, you'll find that information on the website as well. I have a great guest, been looking forward to this. Uh, Nancy Williams, Executive Director for the Associate Arizona Association for Foster and Adoptive Parents. Hello, Nancy. Hi. Move up, please, to the microphone.
2: Okay, there you
1: go or pull it. It's to great you. to
2: be here, Art.
1: Yeah. So uh, glad you found us.
2: <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs>
1: and um, and before we get into the the uh, what you do every day and the and the association, uh, let's allow our audience to get to know you a little bit. Uh, take some time and go for uh, tell us about your backstory. How did you get to this place in your life?
2: Oh, great. I would, I would love to share that. I've had quite an, quite an incredible journey uh, in my life. I'm one of those fortunate ones where I feel like I know my life's purpose. Uh, and so um, that's been really great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just, you know, grew up mom, dad, siblings, um, and uh, had the experience of, of losing a, a brother Uh, really young, uh, when I was a kid, and and he had some disabilities. And I feel like that was really put in my path to lead me um, to start volunteering, working with people with disabilities, um, going to the University of Arizona, um, studying rehabilitation, uh, and uh, then interpreting for the deaf. And then I came up to ASU and did my master's in special education. So I spent uh, about 30 years um, teaching... Uh, to kids with disabilities, coaching teachers, became an administrator. Um, and uh, my husband and I, all along that way, uh, we wanted to have kids and and we talked about adopting children, uh, even when we were dating. His uncle had adopted children, my aunt had fostered babies. So um, after we had our first child, biological child, uh, we we were found uh, with secondary infertility. And we just said, okay, that's the message. This is what we're gonna do. And so we started adopting kids. Um, We adopted three kids. They were um, specifically placed at three different times, uh, none biologically related. And uh, we then decided to do foster care. So my husband uh, resigned from his very stressful position. Uh, which was working with kids um, with um, <laughs> extreme emotional needs. Uh-huh. Um, and we decided to do foster care. And so we did that for a little over 26 years. And uh, we have eight kids total because we My did gosh. adopt some more children from foster care. And so um, that led me to, you know, meeting other foster and adoptive families. I met someone. She reached out uh, because Arizona was the only state in the country without a foster parent association. So she reached out to agencies. You're from here? Or? Um, well, since I was 12 years old. Okay. So, All right. All <laughs> right. Yeah, basically I'm yeah. from here. Yeah. So she reached out to uh, licensing agencies and asked for people wow. who might want to help start that. And so 20 years ago, we met in a room and talked about what would we do? we wanted to start a parent association and then here I am today the executive director of the association.
1: And you're one of the original founders.
2: I am wow. yes yeah.
1: Who knew that Arizona didn't have that but uh, that was your open door right?
2: Right it absolutely yeah. was and I've met so many great people along the way.
1: <laughs> God works in an amazing way. That's right. So um, you and your husband you, you had mentioned the eight children But you have fostered 50 children over 26 years. Please let us know all about this part of your journey.
2: Yes, we... um, After my, That's a
1: lot, taking. (laughs) Come on. I don't know if they were all at once or...
2: Oh, my goodness. Certainly not at once. No, no, (laughs) no. Just kidding. That would be insanity. (laughs) (laughs) So um, my husband, when he resigned from his position, he was a stay-at-home dad. Um, You know, some of our kids have special needs and daycares really aren't super accommodating for certain special needs. So he became a stay-at-home dad and we started doing foster care for babies. And I had really thought our family was done with four (laughs) kids. (laughs) Um, But, you know, once you... Uh Hold a baby. Right. Yeah. Um, They're so beautiful and amazing and so reliant, you know, for their every need on uh, uh, on us. And we just loved doing that. Uh, So we ended up, you know, adopting four more um, (laughs) that had been in our home. Uh, But we had also done some therapeutic behavioral foster care uh, because that was our background. And then also we ended up doing medically fragile foster care. Mm. And I know um, maybe a lot of listeners don't really think about, you know, really the span of kids that come into foster care. And and they come in because they're at a safety risk or they, they've been hurt. Um, or maybe they have so many medical special needs that the parents cannot take care of them. Yeah. And so just so many different reasons and so many different children and needs that uh, we really enjoyed the medically fragile children. Uh, My husband didn't mind going to all those therapies, doctor's appointments. He loved doing that. And thank goodness he's the cook in the house because, uh, you know, I would go to work and come home and he was all ready to go with uh, dinner for everyone. So, yeah, it it was an incredible journey. What a
1: great relationship that you guys have carved out. So uh, you also are a volunteer surrogate parent. Yes. What, What is that?
2: Yeah. So there are children who aren't placed in foster families. There aren't enough foster families in Arizona for all of the children. And so they reside in group homes and children who reside in group homes then really don't have a parent figure living with them. They have staff and, you know, some of those staff do an amazing job. They might try to represent a parent figure, Um, but according to special education law, uh, they cannot be the parent Mm. when we're looking at special education uh, issues in the schools. And so if the biological family is not able to be the parent uh, in this process, then they need to call upon a surrogate parent um, to really be a part of that child's educational special education case um, and be that voice at the table for the child. And so I do that for children. Is that over and a
1: long period of time sometimes? It is. Or?
2: It is. One of uh, my students I have on my case right now, I've been with her for four years. Oh, my
1: gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. And um, so um, your board of directors, I believe, are all volunteers.
2: Absolutely. They are. And they
1: are all foster kinship and adoptive families right
2: yes absolutely we have 11 board members all volunteers like you said and each one you know has walked that um road (laughs) of um you know helping these children parenting these children and they're an amazing group of people and our board is highly involved in all of the activities of the organization i mean it's a big volunteer job wow yeah
1: So um, I have a couple of questions. One is, what's the difference between kinship, fostering, and adoption?
2: Right. So kinship is when grandma or uncle all of a sudden are called and said, you know, your relatives have been removed um, from their family environment, and we need a family for them to go to. Will you take them? And it's a very quick, short notice, typically. And so um, grandma or uncle or whatever uh, kin relationship that is, they have to make a very hard decision, you know, on, you know, can I take these kids?
1: So that can be because of behavioral health or a lot of different reasons, I would think, right?
2: Um, well, not necessarily okay. behavioral health. If um, if the family, the children's parents are struggling with addiction, yeah. uh, mental health. Right. Or maybe they don't have the skills to be a safe parent at that time um, that might lead to removal of the children.
1: Wow. Were you shocked to find out that Arizona didn't have an association like this? Or how how was adoption being handled before that?
2: Yeah. So there are licensing agencies that contract with the state of Arizona. Um, And so those agencies have, you know, their group of families within that agency and they support those families. But it it was pretty shocking to me that I had no other contact with any other families from other agencies, you know, only through my agency. And, um, you know, that's not a whole lot of families, uh, maybe, or... Maybe we're all in different geographical regions and we don't ever see each other. And so there really wasn't a support network of family to family like there needs to be. And so that is you know, one of the premises of establishing this organization is that families need to be connected regardless of what licensing agency they have yeah. or if they have finished fostering and now they're an adoptive family. Uh, there are still needs in the family and for the children sure. where families need to be able to connect to one another.
1: Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure post uh, pandemic has changed quite a bit of things uh, in that area, right?
2: Yeah. So that really, we learned a lot from the pandemic. We all? Everyone <laughs> did, right? Everyone knows how to get on a Zoom meeting now. Um, and really um, a lot of that, has helped our families connect a little bit more. Yeah. Uh we have weekly online chats with families and um, you know, we didn't do that before someone would have to drive to an in-person meeting and maybe that's not convenient close by their house or in the right time frame or they need child care. And so really, really the online things that we can do now have really opened the door to families connecting more to each other.
1: Yeah, it's it's helped us out of, with the show because yes. out of state, out of country, we're doing all kinds of uh, of interviews because of that. Um so walk us through if you may and, and then take take time doing this uh walk us through the process of adoption and fostering it it's not easy right it, is it complicated is it
2: well It's a process. Um, (laughs) You know, I wouldn't want to define that um, for anyone. I mean, there are steps to any process, right? Right. And so if one is able to follow steps and is highly motivated, um, then they can certainly work through this process. um, And it can be, you know, fairly easy. Um, If you're not one that is um, really thrilled about a lot of paperwork or, you know, gathering items for licensure, then that might be a little more challenging. Um, but again, it's all laid out, um, on the Arizona department of child safety website. Uh, anyone interested in becoming a foster parent can go to that website and it will walk you through all of those steps to becoming a foster parent. And then as far as adoption, um, foster parents are considered for, um, Adopting the children in their home if, you know, uh, certain things are ruled out. The family is not able to, you know, have the child back in the home because it's not safe. Um, Relatives are not available to take the child uh, because that is preferred for the child to stay with family members yeah. uh and then foster parents can be considered for adopting the child, and it 's certainly not a requirement. There are some foster parents who never adopt a child and they 're just they're serving and they 're giving to children and then the children move on to their next step
1: so a foster par a foster situation can be short lived or a long long term right
2: you're right yes it can i we've had a baby in our home for you know two days over the weekend um or we've had a child in our home for 3 years 8 months um wow. and so it just there's a big big range and the 3 years 8 months that is probably more unheard of um she had a lot of special needs we wanted to find the exact perfect family for her to go to who were younger than us and would be there longer for her in her life.
1: So um, this this is all fascinating, and I'm sure there's people in our audience that that didn't know all the ins and outs, but they really want to find out. Um, walk us through. Uh, you you offer a lot of events. We do <laughs> a lot. There's <laughs> there's a trail that long of events and. And uh, and activities. Walk us through some of those and and not the whole list, maybe. But but uh, go go through that with us.
2: Yeah, great. I'd yeah. love to. We have four different programming areas. And so uh, the first one I want to talk to you about, because we were just speaking of this, is connecting families together. And so that's called Family Connections. And so we create um, wonderful events that will bring families together so they can. Uh, become friends, talk with another, another kids can see other families that look like theirs um, because you know, our, our, our world of foster care, comes in all different types of ethnicities and races. And so it's a beautiful thing. So these family connection activities are things like family camps up north. And who doesn't want to go up north, right? <laughs> From the valley, <laughs> at <That's> least. Right. <laughs> and then also we have some staycations happening, um, Phoenix and Tucson. Uh, we also do picnics to bring families together, as well as a, a golf event. Um, you know, at Top Golf, yeah. and then um, some some fun things like at indoor um, play places uh, for Family Day out. So, what it does is that builds relationships internally inside the family, uh, because you know families have new kids who are coming in, and there is already kids there or kids have just left, and so we need to have this family relationship building approach enter in the family and then with other families.
1: Okay. Um, this is for a note for our audience. Uh, if you're a little late coming into this episode of the Rescuers Radio Show, uh, my guest is Nancy Williams, Executive Director for the Arizona Association for Foster and Adoptive Parents. And uh, so th- this is all just so um, needed to know.
2: Yes, it is. I And it's important for other foster and adoptive families in Arizona to know that we exist. Uh, I still meet families that said, I I've, I've didn't even know you existed. And even though DCS is a great partner, you know, and sends out our information through their newsletters, um, there are still things, you know, people that, that miss what we do. And, um, you know, beyond that Family Connections program we do, we have some really, really great training available for parents Uh, online. Uh, We also have those support chats I was talking about, and that's all through our family support services program. Um, We have mentors, those who have been in the trenches and doing this. They can be matched to someone who needs a mentor. And then we have this great project uh, through a grant where we offer counseling for caregivers who don't have insurance for that And that is so very, very important. Mm. It's hard stuff that um, these parents are doing. And so they need all of these supports. Uh, And then I wanted to mention another um, program we have is our Children's Basic Needs Program. Uh, where we just had an event at 10 stores across the state oh my where gosh. kids got to come pick out their brand-new <laughs> shoes for school. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so it was super fun. And then our we also do the Recycle Your Bicycle Project, uh, where we collect bikes from the community and volunteers refurbish those to like new condition, and we get those out to kids.
1: So how do you measure uh, a child, put it, uh, to get into the foster program or the uh, out for adoption. Uh, what's the gauge that you have on the condition of that child?
2: So it's um, got to
1: be all over the board. Re- sometimes,
2: yes, right? it is. Right. And sometimes, you know, the Department of Child Safety may not know a whole lot about that child. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they have the specialists who are engaging with those families who need the support and help. Um, sometimes those families may be resistant to sharing, Um, details that may be needed about the child and their needs. And so the foster parents really do a big job in getting to know that child. They're there 24-7 parenting them and discovering things about them that may not have been known about them before. And so foster parents are going to many appointments, taking them for evaluations. Um, and, and so there's a lot of connecting that foster parents are responsible for, for the benefit of the child.
1: So you, you, that child comes with a bio, well, I call it uh, something about the child, and uh, whoever that agency that's coming from, uh, but you still have to have a lot of time with them to figure certain things out, right?
2: You do you need a lot of time and the when children are removed from their home, that's very, very traumatic. Sometimes there's not a lot of time. It might be a high safety situation. and so the the department child safety specialist tries their best um, to get as much information as they can, but sometimes art um, honestly, a child comes with their name and birthday on a form. Uh, and yes, the, the parent, the foster parent, then has a lot of responsibility in getting to know that child, uh, caring for that child, showing love to that child, and figuring out who they are and what they need.
1: So, is there, there must be a time period that they can have that child. Uh, is, that, is that open? Is it uh, until they really are, are comfortable and know each other?
2: Yeah. So once a placement happens, that is supposed to be the placement until the child returns to their family, uh, because that's the ultimate goal. That's the foster program. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, but there are court hearings and things. And so if the Department of Child Safety has done a removal, um, then that goes to court within 72 hours and the judge decides if the child does need to stay and care and become a dependent of the state or if they need to go back to their family.
1: Okay. So, um, gosh, you, you uh, because of your background, you, uh, you were very well prepared for this.
2: Right? <laughs> uh, I live this. <laughs> yeah. So
1: uh, um, you, had, you had no clue coming to Arizona, right, that that op- option, this option wasn't open to you? you co-founded. So, (laughs) so, um, uh, you obviously went through a process to notice what was vacant. How how can we fill that vacancy? That's a period of time, but because of your professional background, it was easy for you, I think.
2: Um, I think it's, it's easy when you value relationships and connecting with people. Uh, and so that, is a cornerstone of what we need to do in our organization is connect to those who we are serving and listen to see what those needs are so we can meet those needs.
1: And every case is not the same. Right. So you're going to run into at risk. You're going to run into probably a a whole list of of possibilities, right, that, that you may have to find a way to, to correct or deal with.
2: Yes, every case is not the same, and, you know, there are other resources in the community that we need to be aware of, and so, you know, we prioritize partnering with other organizations, uh, knowing about them, connecting with them, so we can, you know, refer families out to those different supports if we don't have something that's meeting a very specific need.
1: So, uh, the future. Yes. What's the future for the association, do you think?
2: Oh, my goodness. I'm very excited about the future. (laughs) Um, Shows like this um, and just being out in the community. Um, Those who love children and have a passion for helping children, They, everyone are just a Everyone together helps the association grow and grow. We have over 500 families that are consistent members yeah. um, participating in everything, and that's across the state. Um, and so it's very, very exciting. And just the more the word is spread, the more children will benefit um, because these are hurting children, and we need to be the adults in the room to provide the supports um, that they need.
1: So um, this is just Arizona. You don't deal with any associations l- like this around the country?
2: Well, so this is Arizona, but um, I, I am a part of the North American Council on Adoptable Children, um, which just changed their name to Families Rising. It's a national network type group um, that connects other associations nice. together so we can learn and grow from one another.
1: So um, we're in our last uh, couple of minutes, but I'm sure there's somebody in our in our large audience that would like to know more about you and how to contact you. How would they do that?
2: Yeah, I would love for them to do that. Our website is a z a f as in Foster, a p as in Parent. dot org All of the information there um, on the website is my contact information. It describes all of our programming. And also if viewers feel inclined to, you know, support monetarily, all of that information is on the website as well uh, because we are a qualifying foster care organization. So um, tax credit time. Um, yeah, everyone can benefit from that tax credit. And, um, it's important to know too, that you can still give to your kid's school. Uh, you can still give to another charitable organization, but there are specific foster care charitable organizations that you can give to as well. And, you know, really have a bunch of tax credits on your return in Arizona.
1: Awesome. (laughs) So, uh, Nancy Williams, you and the association for foster and adoptive parents are rescuers. And thank you, and God bless for being on the show today.
2: Thank you so much. I sure enjoyed this. Thank you.